Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Uh, it's David Cox. <laughs> and I'm Josh Matheson. You okay over there? That's a bit of tension. Just felt like you, you were sort of letting out some necessary frustration. Yeah, exactly. Right, so this week we are looking at chapter 26 of Treasure Island. That's right. Which is Israel Hands. Now, we seem to be getting more into detail about his biography and his life story, I, I'm assuming, is a nice little tangent. I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be almost like the Ben Gunn chapter, where someone kind of gives their background as to how they ended up where they are today. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, but Ben Gunn's been basically, he's not featured in over six, seven chapters. Yeah. I also feel like Ben Gunn's biography was kind of Ben Gunn's biography was necessary because you almost needed to know how he got on the island and how he survived this whole time. Yeah. Because there aren't any he wasn't native to the island, so it was a bit like, well, how did this white guy turn up on this island? Yeah. Whereas Israel, we know how he got to the island. He got there on the ship. So I don't necessarily think, unless his biography is going to in some way further the storyline or give us some kind of, is the word exposition? Yeah. Some kind of, on like, you know, the Buccaneers and their background or what they, kind of how they work. It's going to maybe be another filler chapter of this was just another week in the newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe maybe this is the the chapter where we realise that... um, Israel Hands and Jim become best friends. And the, the real treasure was their friendship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. See? If that was actually the case, I'd be like, how am I supposed to pay my mortgage with that, with your friendship? <laughs> I thought you were going to say before that this is the chapter where we realised we did actually give Israel Hands a natural voice. And that we forgot oh, I'm almost, I'm almost that we did. So I feel like I should apologise up front. Somebody I know, but we can't remember what it is. I have got a Word document now for voices going forward, but we, we have been pretty slack with our... I think we underestimated at the beginning how many characters were going to be in this book. Yeah. Normally it's quite easy to keep track because there's like 12. But there have been a lot of characters in this in this book so far. Good ensemble play. It's good to know. It is. Everyone and because they're all sort of and because they're all sort of sailors or pirates, they all sort of blend into one. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like like I guess in Wonderland there are lots of characters, but they're all so distinctive. Yes. That you re- you remember them. Yeah. Whereas I was like, have we met this particular pirate? Have we chatted to him before? No, Who no. knows. You said this is a very good ensemble piece. It is, if you're a man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's literally one woman in the entire story, Jim's mum, and she's not been in it since chapter four. <laughs> Frightful bad luck to have a woman aboard. Although I do like the idea of playing it with like women actors who ham it up. Because I do love like when you play when you watch Shakespeare plays and there's women playing men and they really like butch it up. I yeah. kinda like that because it does kind of highlight sometimes how farcical masculinity or men can come across when they're trying to be laddie or to yeah, I bet men. French and Saunders would do a great version of it. Yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, I don't know if this is actually what the chapter's about, but I almost want to make a guess as to like his background. like Because what was quite interesting about Captain Hook, for instance, was the fact that he was a privately educated, like, Etonian mm. almost. Yeah. 
which kind of makes sense because of his flamboyant nature, but also was juxtaposed against the brutal violence of his profession and his personality as well. It's fertile Lord. ground, how people arrived at piracy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. I wonder how many people just kind of fell backwards into it. Or they just saw that someone came back with loads of money and they were like, that sounds good. Sucked up into the lifestyle. Yeah. For a lot of them, it was maybe it was either the Navy or piracy. And you're like, uh, well, I'm probably going to get paid really badly in the Navy. And I'm probably still going to die young anyway. So might as well. I'll go private. This was also the time when people used to just get straight up Shanghai. When like people would just end up in a bar one day, someone would buy them loads of drinks and get them hammered and they'd wake up on a ship in the middle of nowhere with no way to get back. And you're like, this is my life now. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like insane. Not to be done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The interview process for my job was somewhat salubrious, one must say. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, is that like, if if you are reliant on... On workers who's who are only there not because of their education or their proficiency, but on their ability to get inebriated, it kind <laughs> of doesn't bode well for how yeah. well your ship's going to function. It's like, guys, we're going to need some team building this weekend. Uh, I, I just think we should gel a little bit more as a crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kidnap me under false pretenses. No, I'm not going to your paintballing event. <laughs> 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 Should probably show the photo at the top of the chapter, shouldn't I? Here we go. So there's Israel. You got Jim on the tiller, looking very like Beatles esque. He's his grown up. up. He's grown up now. He's, he's yeah. Aged, every chapter, he's aged three years. Yeah, he has. He definitely looks older here. He's, he's, he's taking charge. Hmm. I mean, Israel's does not look very well here. He looks like he's on death's door. He literally he looks, looks like, like a skeletal man. Hmm. He does a little bit, and his arms again are sort of. Far too long for his body. Yeah, the, the, he's got they're like monkey legs. arms. Yeah, they're really thick as well. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, he was stabbed in the leg, so he's probably not doing so well. Ah, uh, that explains it. He's yeah. been stabbed, and then his arms grew exponentially. <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's <laughs> like yeah, exactly. It's medicine. Anyway, let's get on with this chapter. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> chapter twenty-six. Israel hands. The wind, serving us to a desire, now hauled into the west. We could run so much the easier from the northeast corner of the island to the mount of the north inlet, only as we had no power to anchor and dared not beach her till the tide had flowed a good deal farther, time hung on our hands. The coxswain told me how to lay the ship to. After a good many trials, I succeeded, and we both sat in silence over a meal. Captain, said he at length, with the same uncomfortable smile. Here's my old shipmate, O'Brien. S'pose you was to heave him overboard. I ain't particular as a rule, and I don't take no blame for settling in his hash, but I don't reckon him ornamental now, do you? I'm not strong enough, and I don't like the job, and there he lies for me, said I. This here is an unlucky ship, this Hispaniola, Jim. (laughs) He went on, blinking. There's a power of men being killed in this Hispaniola. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> a poor seaman dead and gone since you and me took ship to Bristol. I never seen such dirty luck, not I. There was this here O'Brien now, he's dead, ain't he? Well now, I'm no scholar and you're a lad as can read and figure. And to put it straight, do you take it as a dead man is dead for good? Or do we come alive again? You can kill the body, Mr. Hans, but not the spirit. You must know that already, I replied. O'Brien there is in another world and may be watching us. Ah, says he. Well, that's unfortunate. Appears as if killing parties was a waste of time. Howsomever, spirits don't reckon for much by what I've seen. I'll chance it with the spirits, Jim. And now you've spoke up free, and I'll take it kind if you'd step down into that there cabin and get me a, well, a shiver me timbers. I can't hit on the name of it. Well, you get me a bottle of wine, Jim. This here brandy's too strong for my head. Now the coxswain's hesitation seemed to be unnatural. And as for the notion of his preferring wine to brandy, I entirely disbelieved it. Ah, so he's thinking it's a ruse. Yeah. The whole story was a pretext. He wanted me to leave the deck. So much was plain. But with what purpose, I could in no way imagine. His eyes never met mine. They kept wandering to and fro, up and down, now with a look to the sky, now with a flitting glance upon the dead O'Brien. All the time he kept smiling and putting his tongue out in the most guilty, embarrassed manner, so that a child could have told that he was bent on some deception. <laughs> I was prompt with my answer, however, for I saw where my advantage lay, and that with a fellow so densely stupid I could easily conceal my suspicions to the end. I enjoyed that sentence where he's like, a child could have told he was trying to deceive. It's like, you are a child. You are a child. (laughs) You're not a man. You are a child. (laughs) You would be in like year three. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you're on the other side of the world with no parents in like a lawless society on a ship full of drunk men. Like this is hell. This is actually hell. He's not even taken his sats yet. (laughs) Some wine, I said. Far better. Will you have white or red? Well, I reckon it's about the blessed same to me, shipmate, he replied. So it's strong and plenty of it. What's the odds? All right, I answered. I'll bring you port, Mr. Hans, but I'll have to dig for it. With that, I scuttled down the companion with all the noise I could, slipped off my shoes, ran quietly along the sparred gallery, mounted the forecastle ladder and popped my head out of the fore companion. I knew he would not expect to see me there, yet I took every precaution possible, and certainly the worst of my suspicions proved too true. He had risen from his position to his hands and knees, and though his leg obviously hurt him pretty sharply when he moved, for I could hear him stifle a groan, yet it was at a good rattling rate that he trailed himself across the deck. In half a minute he had reached the port scuppers and picked out of a coil of rope, a long knife, or rather a short dirk, discoloured to the hilt with blood. He looked upon it for a moment, 
thrusting forth his underjaw, tried to point upon his hand, and then, hastily concealing it in the bosom of his jacket, trundled back again into his old place against the bullock. This was all that I required to know. Israel could move about, he was now armed, and if he had been at so much trouble to get rid of me, it was plain that I was meant to be the victim. What he would do afterwards, whether he would try to crawl right across the island from North Inlet to camp among the swamps, or whether he would fire Long Tom, trusting that his own comrades might come first to help him, was of course more than I could say. Yet I felt sure that I could trust him in one point, since in that our interests jumped together, and that was in the disposition of the schooner. We both desired to have her stranded safe enough, in a sheltered place, and so that, when the time came, she could be got off again with as little labour and danger as might be, and until that was done I considered that my life would certainly be spared. While I was thus turning the business over in my mind, I had not been idle with my body. I had stolen back to the cabin, slipped once more into my shoes, and laid my hand at random on a bottle of wine. And now, with this for an excuse, I made my reappearance on the deck. Hands lay as I had left him, all fallen together in a bundle, and with his eyelids lowered as though he were too weak to bear the light. He looked up, however, at my coming, knocked the neck off the bottle like a man who had done the same thing often, and took a good swig with his favourite toast of, Here's luck! Then he lay quiet for a while, and then, pulling out a stick of tobacco, begged me to cut him a quid. What does knocked the neck off the bottle? You know when you get a knife and you literally... Is that what it is? Like, so you didn't just pull the cork out? Why why, why don't you just, like, it just seems like a waste of a bottle. I mean, maybe he's a pirate, he doesn't care about... Yeah, you see people do it with, like, bottles of champagne and they literally slice the glass, the top of the glass. Yeah, yeah. But I just imagine, like, drinking then directly from a bottle that's got, like, a nice jagged, sharp end... Well, sure. I mean, these guys are obviously hard. Pretty core, into a tankard, couldn't he? But he Somewhere. doesn't say he does that. It just says he toasts yeah. and then he just drinks it. I think he's literally knocked it off, as in, like, just knocked it on the side of the side. That's yeah, insane. Like, you... like, the whole thing could smash. Well, yeah. I don't think it's his first rodeo, though. He's probably yeah. Down no, to definitely. Tool. He knows the techers. Yeah. Go. So yeah. just looked it up. They basically say, yeah, you just broke off the neck of the wine bottle because he didn't have a corkscrew to open it with. Shall I try it with a bottle of, like, really cheap Blossom Hill or something and report yeah, my it. findings? I come back <laughs> and covered in blood. Like, please um, please film out. it for our TikTok. Cut me a junk of that, says he, for I haven't no knife and hardly strength enough, so be as I had. Ah, Jim, Jim, I reckon I've missed stays. Cut me a quid as'll likely be the last lad, for I'm for my long home and make no mistake. Well, said I, I'll cut you some tobacco, but if I was you and thought myself so badly, I would go to my prayers like a Christian man. (laughs) Why, said he, now you tell me why. Why, I cried, you were asking me just now about the dead. You've broken your trust. You've lived in sin and lies and blood. There's a man you killed lying at your feet this moment, and you ask me why? For God's mercy, Mr. Hands, that's why. I spoke with a little heat, 
thinking of the bloody dirk he had hidden in his pocket and designed in his ill thoughts to end me with. He, for his part, took a great draught of the wine and spoke with the most unusual solemnity. For thirty years, he said, I've sailed the seas and seen good and bad, better and worse, fair weather and foul, provisions running out, knives going and what not. Well, now I tell you, I never seen good come a goodness yet. Him as strikes first is my fancy. Dead men don't bite. Them's my views, amen, so be it. And now you look here, he added, suddenly changing his tone. We've had about enough of this foolery. The tide's made good enough by now. You just take my orders, Captain Hawkins, and we'll sail slap in and be done with it. All told, we had scarce two miles to run, but the navigation was delicate. The entrance to this northern anchorage was not only narrow and shoal, but lay east and west, so that the schooner must be nicely handled to be got in. I think I was a good prompt subaltern, and I'm very sure that Hans was an excellent pilot. New word alert, everyone. Mm. Subaltern, yeah. And it's an officer in the British Army below the rank of captain, especially a second lieutenant. Ah. So he's basically calling himself, like, in naval terms, like, first mate. For we went about and about and dodged in, shaving the banks, with a certainty and a neatness that were a pleasure to behold. Scarcely had we passed the heads before the land closed around us. The shores of North Inlet were as thickly wooded as those of the southern anchorage, but the space was longer and narrower and more like what in truth it was, the estuary of a river. Right before us at the southern end, we saw the wreck of a ship in the last stages of dilapidation. It had been a great vessel of three masts, but had lain so long exposed to the injuries of the weather that it was hung about with great webs of dripping seaweed, and on the deck of it shore bushes that had taken root and now flourished thick with flowers. It was a sad sight, but it showed us that the anchorage was calm. Now, said Hans, look there, there is a pet bit for to beach a ship in. Fine flat sand, never a cat's paw. Trees all around it, and flowers a-blowin' like a guarding on that old ship. And once beached, I inquired, how shall we get her off again? Why so, he replied, you take a line ashore there on the other side at low water. Take a turn about one of them big pines. Bring it back, take a turn around the capstan, and lie to for the tide. Come high water, all hands take a pull upon the line, and off she comes as sweet as nature. And now, boy, you stand by. We're near the bit now, and she's too much way on her. Starboard a little, so steady, starboard. Larboard a little, steady, <laughs> steady. Larboard. Larboard sounds made up. I think yeah, he's like he couldn't he couldn't remember what it was called, so he just yeah, like, it's that port and starboard normally. Yeah, there is a larboard though. I feel like I've heard of it before. It's the archaic term for port. Starboard and larboard. Yeah. So when did port oh, come? Starboard and larboard. Well, probably because people went. Sorry, what if was you're that? Shouting. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I starboard, larboard, starboard, larboard. Like you, you uh, starboard, probably larboard, out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I say larboard, not starboard. <laughs> like what? Did she say larboard or starboard? <laughs> it makes a lot more sense to have a word that's completely different. So he issued his commands, which I breathlessly obeyed, till all of a sudden he cried, Now, my hearty, luff! And I put the helm hard up, and the Hispaniola swung around rapidly and ran stem on for the low wooded shore. The excitement of these last manoeuvres had somewhat interfered with the watch I had kept hitherto, sharply enough, upon the coxswain. Even then, I was still so much interested, waiting for the ship to touch, that I had quite forgot the peril that hung over my head and stood craning over the starboard bullocks and watching the ripples spreading wide before the bows. I might have fallen without a struggle for my life had not a sudden disquietude seized upon me and made me turn my head. Perhaps I had heard a creak or seen his shadow moving with the tail of my eye. Perhaps it was an instinct like a cat's, but sure enough, when I looked round, there was Hans, already halfway towards me, with the dirk in his right hand. <clears throat> we must both have cried out loud when our eyes met, but while mine was a shrill cry of terror, his was a roar of fury like a charging bully's. At the same instant, he threw himself forward, and I leapt sideways toward the bows. As I did so, I let go of the tiller which sprang sharp to leeward, and I think this saved my life, for it struck hands across the chest and stopped him, for the moment, dead. Before he could recover, I was safe out of the corner where he had me trapped, with all the deck to dodge about. Just forward of the mainmast I stopped, drew a pistol from my pocket, took a cool aim, though he had already turned and was once more coming directly after me, and drew the trigger. The hammer fell, but there followed neither flash nor sound. The priming was useless with seawater. I cursed myself for my neglect. Why had I not long before reprimed and reloaded my only weapons? Then I should not have been as now, a mere fleeing sheep before this butcher. As bad as I am feeling for Jim in this instance, at least he's kind of come to terms of the reality of his situation, all the bravado of, yeah, I could take the ship all by yeah. myself, has kind of disappeared. He's realised, like, oh, actually, yeah, no, this is, this is a killer. I'm a boy. I'm not yeah. in a very good situation right now. Wounded as he was, it was wonderful how fast he could move, his grizzled hair tumbling over his face, and his face itself as red as a red ensign with his haste and fury. I had no time to try my other pistol, nor indeed much inclination, for I was sure it would be useless. One thing I saw plainly. I must not simply retreat before him, or he would speedily hold me boxed in the bows, as a moment since he had so nearly boxed me in the stern. Once so caught, and nine or ten inches of the blood-stained dirk would be my last experience on this side of eternity. I placed my palms against the mainmast, which was of a goodish bigness and waited goodish bigness is not a phrase i'm used to reading <laughs> goodish bigness just sounds like really bad english goodish bigness yeah. how big is that oh it's of goodish bigness i'm pretty sure they don't still teach that one in literacy class do they i placed my palms against the mainmast which was of a goodish bigness and waited every nerve upon the stretch 
Seeing that I meant to dodge, he also paused, and a moment or two passed in feints on his part and corresponding movements upon mine. It was such a game as I had often played at home about the rocks of Black Hill Cove, but never before, you may be sure, with such a wildly beating heart as now. Still, as I say, it was a boy's game, and I thought I could hold my own at it against an elderly seaman with a wounded thigh. Indeed, my courage had been to rise so high that I allowed myself a few darting thoughts on what would be the end of the affair, and while I saw certainly that I could spin it out for long, I saw no hope of any ultimate escape. Could I just mention something that's quite depressing? Yeah. He's just called Hans Elderly. Okay. And he's been in the ship business for 30 30 years. years. (laughs) He's he's probably about 40. He's probably about 38. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. He started at the same age as Jim. 38 is elderly. 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 You know what kids are like? Anyone who's older than them is like, oh, you must be about 100, aren't you? Yeah, no. Or or they go like, oh, yeah, daddy's really old. I think he's about 10. But yeah, I I just heard that and I was like, Apparently, I'm only about three years off of elderly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do you know, I always use a metric as for when you're definitely... So Homer Simpson is eternally 38 years old. Yeah. I always thought when you're the same age as Homer Simpson, who you see as this uh, anti-patriarch middle-aged person, yeah. that's, that's when you know you've truly arrived yeah. at the, uh, the summit, so to speak. Of being middle-aged and old. And yeah. it's all downhill from there, is it? They yeah. probably did that. Like, I'm guessing that I think the average life expectancy in America around that time would have been 76. So they probably just went bang in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Fun fact. It's all going to get terrible post 38. Thanks, David. That's, that's mm. really <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit better these days with with health and stuff. Certainly better in the days of Israel hands. Like he could he could probably as and as a ship man, he probably you're probably going in quite a good innings if you're getting into your 40s. Oh yeah, he probably is elderly because he's probably one of the oldest people alive in this profession. Yeah, you're either going to get killed in a storm or by a mutineer or in a drunken row or in a ship accident or you'll get some gangrene or starvation. Or just good old syphilis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they used to call it before they... Shortened to syphilis. What ye old good, the good old, ye old, good ye syphilis. <laughs> good old. Me hearty. Yeah. Well, while things stood thus, suddenly the Hispaniola struck, staggered, ground for an instant in the sand, and then, swift as a blow, canted over to the port side till the deck stood at an angle of 45 degrees and about a puncheon of water splashed into the scupper holes and lay in a pool between the deck and the bullock. We were both of us capsized in a second, and both of us rolled almost together into the scuppers, the dead red cap with his arms still spread out, tumbling stiffly after us. So near were we, indeed, that my head came against the coxswain's foot with a crack that made my teeth rattle. Blow and all... I was the first afoot again, for hands had got involved with the dead body. The Hmm. sudden canting of the ship had made the deck no place for running on. I had to find some new way of escape, and that upon the instant, for my foe was almost touching me. 
Quick as a thought, I sprang into the mizzen shrouds, rattled up hand over hand, and did not draw a breath till I was seated on the cross-trees. I had been saved by being prompt. The dirk had struck not half a foot below me as I pursued my upward flight, and there stood Israel Hands with his mouth open and his face upturned to mine, a perfect statue of surprise and disappointment. Now that I had a moment to myself, I lost no time in changing the priming of my pistol, and then, having one ready for service, and to make assurance doubly sure, I proceeded to draw the load of the other and recharge it afresh from the beginning. My new employment struck hands all of a heap, and he began to see the dice going against him. After an obvious hesitation, he also hauled himself heavily into the shrouds, and with the dirk in his teeth, began slowly and painfully to mount. It cost him no end of time, and groans to haul his wounded leg behind him, and I had quietly finished my arrangements before he was much more than a third of the way up. Then, with a pistol in either hand, I addressed him. "'One more step, Mr. Hans,' said I, "'and I'll blow your brains out. "'Dead men don't bite, you know,' I added with a chuckle. He stopped instantly. <laughs> He's turned into a psychopath. He's like already mm. laughing about the idea of committing his first. Well, well yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it's self-defense, but you know, kills a kill, mate. <laughs> I could see by the working of his face that he was trying to think, and the process was so slow and laborious that, in my newfound security, I laughed aloud. At last, with a swallow or two, he spoke. His face still wearing the same expression of extreme perplexity. In order to speak, he had to take the dagger from his mouth, but in all else he remained unmoved. Jim, says he, I reckon we're fouled, you and me, and we'll have to sign articles. I'd have had you but for that there lurch, but I don't have no luck, not I, and I reckon I'll have to strike, which comes hard, you see, for a master mariner to a ship's yunker like you, Jim. I was drinking in his words and smiling away, as conceited as a cock upon the wall, when, all in a breath, back went his right hand over his shoulder. Something sang like an arrow through the air. I felt a blow, and then a sharp pang, and there I was, pinned by the shoulder to the mast. In the horrid pain and surprise of the moment, I scarce can say it was by my own volition, and I'm sure it was without a conscious aim, both my pistols went off, and both escaped out of my hands. They did not fall alone. With a choked cry, the coxswain loosed his grasp upon the shrouds and plunged headfirst into the water. Oh, so, okay. So did he shoot him or not? Ah! Yeah, oh, I think so. We've got a did he... photo here. Well, both guns have gone off and they were aiming at him. And there wasn't really any reason for him to oh, there's some smoke. have fallen yeah. off. Yeah. I love how this the illustration has still included the little dead body that's been rolled. I know. I also yeah. love how they said in the thing that he's like the dead body rolled in like the same way as the ship, so it shouldn't be there. It should be at the the other end. But the illustrator was obviously so desperate to get Redcap into the photo that they've just stuck him in anyway. <laughs> there he is. I love the idea that the two guys moved him and then returned to their fight. Yeah. yeah. But hang on. The weekend of Bernie him. That's the end of the chapter. I didn't say oh, it. Oh, end, end, of end of chapter. chapter. Oh. <gasps> end of chapter. End of chapter. Oh, okay, God. so it was a good chapter. So that's 
So much so that I was convinced there must be more. Yeah, no, it's ended on quite a high. Do you know what? That was, I'm glad that this wasn't a big, meandering, boring chat of Israel about his background and all the rest of it. Like, yeah, no. I'm glad that this was just about him and Jim having this stalemate kind of, we need each other, but we're enemies. It it created a lot more tension and drama than just a rambling story by an old man, an elderly man, apparently. I also loved like Jim's little like hasta la vista baby kind of moment yeah. with the guns. <laughs> He's like, dead men don't buy it. Like it was yeah. such a, a movie quote, like, oh, I need a snappy line. I need a zinger while I'm like, just before I pull the trigger. A classic <laughs> callback to something that, they, that the villain mm. said earlier as well. You know, Dead men don't bite. Yeah. It reminded me of the you know, so James Bond kind of thing of like the world is not enough, bang, kind of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's yeah. the title of the film, callback. And now imagine an eight-year-old saying it: "Dead men don't bite." <laughs> 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 he was just pissing himself, and not like, uh, not at no point was he going like screaming and nearly crying in panic as suddenly his own mortality was coming into question. It's like I yeah. could die. It's like no, what a hero. I need yeah. to spend half an hour getting the gun ready. Bang, bang. Mm. And then he dropped them. So I'm uh, guessing that is the end of Israel hands then. I'm guessing he has been shot. So that's what, down to eight pirates now or seven pirates now? You have been evicted. Please leave the Hispaniola. Davina calls there. Israel, you made it so far. What are we doing <laughs> Please do uh, not swear. Well, <laughs> let's have the, your best I, bits. I probably shouldn't have drank so much, to be honest, Davina, but I've had a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> Props to Jim. He's managed to do what he set out to do. He wanted to get the Hispaniola beached. La, 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 la. And ready <laughs> and primed to go. And he's he's done it. I mean, yeah. through dumb luck and young stupidity, but it's the outcome's the same. Bit of misplaced uh, bravado, but yeah, yeah, he, he's done it. So I mean, he has made a difference here. So it'd be interesting to see what his next step is, because obviously he's still. I'm guessing it's beached enough that he can now get off the ship and go and just like walk to the island or get off onto the island. Mm. So I'm trying to work out where, I mean, I know this is jumping the gun, but I'm kind of almost trying to work out where his next port of call is. If you'll pardon the pun. Mm. Oh, I guess he's going to go back and t- tell the others that he's got the ship ready. and They've just been sit, sat around just shaving yeah. cheese in their mouths. They've been eating yeah. cheese going, where's Jim? Chutney, pickled fruit, a banana and vinegar. I feel like I can see a bit of Stevenson's thinking here. Because he was like, okay, I want to send Jim back to like, save the day and take back the pirate ship and steer it to the victory. And he was like, oh, hang on a minute. He's eight. Like, there's no way yeah. that he's going to... What can we do? I know. We'll get all the pirates to kill each other, bar one. And then yeah. you've only got to do one. And that's yeah, even more yeah. feasible. You know? Yeah. He's given himself no, a, you know, a logical way out. Yeah, yeah. If you know that your enemy doesn't have any boats, then having any more than two people left on the ship doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. You almost just need two people just to make sure that there's some accountability to to someone on the boat mm, yeah exactly. so that they don't just go oh do you know what so we just i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna sail away yeah yeah i don't know how he managed to reload his guns halfway up a mast though surely he needed fresh dry gunpowder so well they often had like little a little flute of it kind of on their thing but i'm uh-huh. guessing if it all got wet 
then wouldn't that have gotten wet? Unless, I suppose, unless it was a waterproof container to hold it all in. If it's in. a barrel that's wet and it's not... Yeah, because you remember they used to have like those little horn things. It was like a little ball oh, yeah. with like a yeah. horn. It almost looks like a whistle or something rude. And so you had the spout so you could pour it straight into the thing, but the ball at the end was where obviously all the gunpowder would sit. So it was like a oh, funnel okay. pouch okay. so that they could refill their guns on the go. Gotcha. Because if there's one thing that we're good at innovating as human beings, it's methods of making it easier to kill each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that much is true. Right. Chapter 27. What do you reckon? Come on. Yes, I think it's about time to play. Guess what the next chapter's called? God, it's, again, it's really difficult because... It's been left quite open-ended. Yeah. Something like back to the cabin. Something about going mm. back to the cabin. The cabin. Okay. I'm going to go with a risky one. I think that he's going to be emboldened by this success. Cocky. Yes. And I think he's going to go, do you know what? I'm going to take the whole blooming lot of the pirates because there's only eight of them left now. Mm. So I think he's going to go looking for the pirates. So maybe power. like, yeah, the pirates or like go and find where their lair is or something like that. Like go and find where they're held up so that he okay. can go back and report and be like, the pirates are here. The ship's here. What are we going to do? Because I feel like knowing where they are is kind of as necessary for the plans going forward. Mm. A very logical justification for for a title that is entirely wrong. Oh. Uh, mm. from both from both of you um I, I would like to i'd like to give you a, a chance to guess again this time with a clue this okay. chapter has got the title of a very well-known pirate idiom if you will with oh, that in mind that me timbers uh, along along those lines uh yes uh, would you like to submit a second answer a rebuttal yo ho ho <laughs> um, matt's going for yo ho ho dead man's chest Dead man, and you go for yo ho ho and dead man's chest. Okay, yeah, uh, it's not it's not either of those two. But I wanted to give you a second chance okay. because chapter twenty seven is entitled "Pieces of Eight. Oh, oh. okay, no, that's pretty. Oh, what you mean as in treasure? I mean what this story's meant yeah. to be about? <laughs> <laughs> what, why are they talking about money suddenly? This isn't is it, about is money so or famous? treasure. It's, it's in about treasure and they find eight coins. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole treasure. <laughs> money is so scarce in this time that that is treasure <laughs> i mean i love that like yeah suddenly it's about the thing that we'd all forgotten about because they're taking such a long time to get to it <laughs> oh well, there you go maybe we might actually hear something treasure related in this next chapter then well it's gotta happen eventually mm, hope so either that or you're gonna find that like jim just looks in israel hands his purse and finds pieces of eight and that's it Okay. Or maybe it's just a typo and it'll be pieces of after eight and just like little. Bits of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little envelope. That's what oh, Hans brought as his luxury item. A little after yeah. eight. <laughs> little after eight. <laughs> and, the, and the bullet went right through the after eight. So it's in pieces. Pieces uh, yeah. of after eight. <laughs> I don't know if they have after eights in America or where some of our listeners would be. After it's eights a, are a like thin, thin after like a dinner mints. Mint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thin after dinner They're mints. Like you get left on your pillow in, in ritzy hotel. Dark chocolate covered minty mint. goodness. Yes, exactly. It comes in a little envelope. 
What would you describe this minty substance? I don't know. It's a mint cream, like, isn't it? Um, yeah. Sort of a mint cream, like a fondanty cream. If you've enjoyed this chapter or you've got any thoughts or opinions on it, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you have any ideas <laughs> tell us tell us about a pirate that's on twitter at lazy book club Pod. yeah yeah good what, good what would be your snappy gun gun moment line dead men, oh dead yeah bite. what would be your snappy line that'd be a good one yeah keep all this in there there's no point yeah in it. i'll get it. you in the dead man's chest um <laughs> 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 Well done. We got there in the end. But I yeah. would actually love to see anybody who does have access to After Eights wiggle it down their face on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. At Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> we could do a compilation to um, like some sort of piratey song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what shall we do with a dun dun dun? Ham from Newark. Graham from Bristol. <laughs> Why is I Pam anyone Newark in... so funny? I don't know. Pam, Why if did you're I listening, choose... we've chosen you. We love you. You must be the first. Yeah. We're also on Patreon, where for the small fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode a month, as well as access to the videos on YouTube. Mm. We will see you next week then for chapter 27 of Pieces of Eight. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>